0: So, you know, for you all that want to, you can focus on the fast ending Saturday morning after church service, since we've given y'all two days off. I want y'all feeding y'all face like the cookie monster. That's what happened to me this week. That was what I shared with them Wednesday. I was sitting on the couch upstairs, and and, uh, my wife had made some breakfast for the kids. She left, took all of the kids with them to school. And I think Mariah went with her and I was sitting upstairs. And I, I mean, it, this was not my mind. It wasn't the flesh. This was the devil. I mean, I heard a, a, a audible voice say, just go down there and smell the food. <laughs> and I did not do what Jesus did. You know, no, man shall not live by bread alone, but by, by every word. Nope. I was just sitting there. He never heard a voice. You were working on something. You heard a voice in your head and you just looked up. <laughs> you just looking around like, who is that up in this house? And I sat there and that voice came about three or four times. And and, and as I was uh, contemplating going downstairs and taking a sniff, (laughs) instantly the Lord showed me uh, the cookie monster gobbling up all those cookies real fast. And he was was showing me the after fact. If you go down there and smell that food, that's exactly how you are going to act, just like the cookie monster. So that vision saved my behind and I continued on in the spirit. You almost got me several times. <laughs> you know, some of you did get gotten. I know that's not proper English, but but how many you know the Bible says a righteous man falls seven times, gets back up again. It didn't say a righteous man falls uh, seven times but has to start over again. It says he gets back up from where he fell at. That's important with a fast. When you break a fast or you mess up in your own mind, okay, or you do something, you grab a piece of that chicken that shouldn't have been there in the first place, and oh, oh, I can't believe it, I've sinned. Okay, you don't start over, you start from there. Okay, but the enemy will always convince you, raise your hand if this is true, I got to start over. I didn't cancel the whole thing. I've been living for God for 30 years, and now because I ate a piece of potato chip, now I'm in the... Okay, so so keep that in mind. Focus on that. Um, During this week, um, you want to give God quality time. Um, time is very important to God. Time is one of the most precious, if not the most precious commodity in planet Earth because it is one of the few things that you cannot get back. You can get money back, you can get you know there's a lot of things you can get back, almost everything you can get back. but time um, is not something that you can get back. And so it's the most precious commodity and how you use your time will speak out into the spiritual realm and the kingdom of God and the universe. As the heathen say, um, uh, "What you are giving your respect to, and if you draw not of God with your time, they draw not of you with their manifestation." So give God quality time. Pray the prayers that we mentioned last week. If you're a first-time visitor or you haven't heard that teaching last Saturday, I, part of the message was how to pray perfectly in English. Those prayers will probably be up on the site um, within the next two to three days. Um, but go back. Uh, the, the title of the message is maximizing the benefits of fasting when you go to the website and look at that title there's a pdf that's connected to it and i wrote all of the prayers out because every day in the morning before you leave for work in your prayer time and when you come back home you want to pray those prayers in english after you pray those prayers in english you then want to thank god that he is revealing the answers to the specific questions you have those prayers are general prayers, but they're perfect. But they're general prayers for your overall growth in every single area. Then you move over into thanking God for answering the specific things that you have. Lord, why is this not working? Lord, is this the will of God for me to do this? You know, I learned uh, from, uh, from Bishop that uh, only those who ask questions are entitled to answers. And if you don't ask a question, God may not answer you. Because um, you already said he had, you are—he already knows what you have need of before you ask. Well, if that's if that's the case, then how come he just doesn't give it to you? Because a good father will give you what you need before you ask, if he has it to give. Would you agree? But it's a it's a covenant thing. It's a law thing. He knows what you need, but because of spiritual law, his sons must must ask him to do it because of the dimension that they are in. This is going to sound strange. God does not have a right to come into this planet and do anything unless his people ask. Because the Bible says Satan is the lowercase g, God of this world. Adam turned it over to Satan. It is now a sublease to a fool because of what Adam did. And so now because it is legally subleased to a fool, the only way that God can come into the lease and do what he needs to do when it comes to his repairs is the owner of the lease has to give him permission. And so when you become born again, we become the new owners. That's why we're in planet Earth. And that's why the Bible says Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, waiting until his enemies that took over the lease get put back in check. Kind of paraphrase, but y'all got it. Okay, so, and then ask God to show you the things you cannot see. Jeremiah 33.3, 3, I believe I gave them that scripture. It's one of my favorite scriptures. It's the Amplified Version. It says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. Fenced in, hidden, which you do not know. Do not distinguish and recognize. Have knowledge of and understand. That's very, very, very important because there are people right around you, things right around you, scenarios, circumstances around you, people on your job, in your home, in your business, in your ministry, whatever it is. There are things right around you that you cannot see. There are things that have attached themselves to you that you do not know. There are things that are chasing you that you cannot feel. And so the Lord wants to reveal these things to you, but God speaks, and, and, and God speaks on a frequency. And I'm getting ahead of myself because on February, the first weekend in February, we delayed that. First weekend in February, we are going to start the series on dreams, how to interpret dreams, visions, but going to start, it's going to be a complete comprehensive teaching on how to hear the voice of God and all of the many different arenas. One of the things that you find is God is speaking to you every day, but you're not tuned into the frequency. When you send someone a text, that text goes on a frequency. There is not one cell phone in planet Earth that has the same frequency as another. When you're talking on a cell phone, it's the frequency. I mean, you know, in order for you to get that particular radio station, you have to dial into the frequency. The information is being channeled out 24 hours, seven days a week. But it doesn't matter that it's always on. As long as you are not on, you won't receive what's on. Okay? So you got to tune into that frequency. When you watch your cable networks and all of the different programs that they have, every channel is on a different frequency. If you can get a machine and you can dial into that frequency, then you will hear and receive and enjoy the benefits of the information that's being pushed out every single second. When in the same way God speaks on multiple different frequencies, and there's very little teaching in the body of Christ about even what those frequencies are, let alone how to tap into them. Okay? Now where was I going with that? doesn't matter. It was like getting off at the side road and enjoying the restaurant and then get back on the road. So let's get back on the road. Okay. So, oh, yeah, yeah, so that's where I was. So call unto him. He will show you these things. And you have to settle yourself. You know, you hear people say, you got to get quiet before God. That can be confusing. Yes, you do need times of quietness. But when people hear quietness, they hear, you know, turn off the television, which is true. Turn off the radio. Turn off your cell phone. All of those things. But a lot of times, quietness is your spirit man has to be settled. And that can take days. You need to, you need to get all, you got to remember something. Everything that you smell, hear, breathe, see, it all goes on the inside and it bounces around. And it can, and, and that's why it can be difficult sometimes to hear from God. Um, but we're going to address that in just a second. So, And then the last one is praying tongues fervently. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to each other. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. It says the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results even though you have to have quiet times with god god does not like quiet he likes loud the bible makes that clear it says that the constant sound in heaven is like it said all of the horses a screaming multitude and all of the oceans and thunder and lightning all put together that's the constant noise mix that with all different type of music so god is not a quiet guy i know some of y'all came from catholic presbyterian church all that wonderful Okay, and I'm not saying that the Lord doesn't love them. He loves them just as much as he does. But God likes, that's why the Bible says, shouting to the Lord. Come forth His presence with singing. And I mean, I was reading something the other day and it said David at the temple, he had 260 people, uh, a 264 member orchestra. And one group was just for clanging cymbals. <laughs> a joyful noise. Okay, and so, uh, but that word earnest prayer, it means heartfelt, it means energy, it means it means to go what we the term that we use in our modern terminology what we we mean by going in you know this is not what it means father i give you thanks yeah i just want to bless your name fill me with the knowledge of your will oh god i give you thanks and praise who is this (laughs) that worked out perfect because somebody actually texted me too that's the fun it just worked out right there brother Okay oh yeah thank you lord jesus give you praise and glory hello i'm gonna give you two scenarios right this hello no i'm not doing anything i'm just chilling out i've been guilty of that one i'm just chilling out and the angels looking like (laughs) we were just walking okay Uh, or you, you say many things okay but a lesson in mercy Whatever, regardless of what you say this is, if you're listening to this online I'm holding a cell phone um, on the pulpit um, but this is what it sounds like hey how you doing oh no I was just spending time with my heavenly father the God of the universe the one who saved me and redeemed me and has a place for me in eternity but I just put him on hold uh, because apparently he is not that important I decided to put him on hold to listen to what cockamamie foolishness you about to come up with and tell me just keeping it in real how many know the bible says if it wasn't for god's mercy man we all be crispy critters underneath the grave dust um, y'all realize how many times we y'all god is better than good y'all realize how many times we have disrespected god and then he still come watch this we disrespect god constantly disobey him and get into a hole then when it comes to getting out, we don't have any faith. We're just crying and complaining, and he still comes through. Then we go to the house of God and show up late while we gave him thanks on the way. Oh, it's just crazy. Okay, so all right, let's let's all keep our head down. Let's have a moment of silence. It's in the spirit of the Catholic brethren, they got a place. They got a place. Jesus, Matthew six twenty-four. So. Um, I just want to bring a couple of things to your attention. that These are very important. I'll, I'll jump to this very quickly. Most of my ministry time, you know, in times past, we've I've gone for an hour and a half. One time I went for two and a half hours. That one time I went for two and a half hours, there were people that mad at me because I stopped because it was that good. But pretty much I'll be ministering anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes now. And so uh, um, y'all remember I used to say that for seven years, and y'all be like, whatever, dude. If it was a bet, you would have been lost. Matter of fact, you owe me some money right now because all the you said you were going to do that. But no, I got to get better now. So Matthew 624, no man can serve two masters, for you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. It didn't say you cannot serve God and have money. It didn't say you can't serve God and have a lot of money. It said you can't be enslaved to it. You are enslaved to money when, when two things, we are not obeying the written word concerning it. And when you're not obeying the spoken word when God speaks to you to be a blessing to somebody. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly father feeds them and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? 80% of what most Eighty percent of what people think about is usually worrying. And why worry about your clothes? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wild flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. They also dominate our thoughts. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Therefore, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Your spouse, your children, your business, your job, your time, social media, television. Seek the kingdom of God above all all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need so in jesus name i declare that this year you will receive every single thing that you need and more okay for those that seek the lord there are things that will be automatically given to you before you ask um you know this is very important because the richest man in history never asked for wealth first uh, kings 3 12 through 13 God told Solomon, I will give you what you ask for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has ever had. And I will also give you what you did not ask for riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. This tells you a couple of things. Number one, apparently God wants you to be rich before you ask. And God doesn't have a problem with you being famous as long as you put him first. First thing. Second thing is, that's why I added those prayers. You notice those prayers have to do with asking God his perfect will, wisdom, insight, light, etc. When you pray that every day, the riches are added. That's why they're not being added, because we complain every day and not praying that every day. Because here, Solomon didn't ask God to be rich. And the crazy thing is, God, yeah, let me tell you something. It's a, how many of you know, lift your head if you, this is you. It's a dangerous thing for God to come to some of us and say, whatever you want right now, I give it to you. I'm going to have to say, Lord, I need to go on a three-day fast for that and think, because I can get myself into some trouble. (laughs) Oh, man, y'all see me on the news in about a week. Some of y'all swear, oh, no, I will do the right thing. Didn't do the right thing with your taxes. Oh, I will honor the Lord. You didn't even save money last year. Oh, I will bless everybody in the community. Man, we won't see you for a whole 30 years. You'll be out there on the ocean looking for the Titanic on a yacht that says sailing for Jesus. And Jesus doesn't need any sailors. He needs you to get your behind home. Hey? But that's the revelation of seek the Lord above everything. See, when Solomon, went, God, I mean, I want you to think about it. God, comes to the man with a request. And so he gave the wisest request. Lord, give me wisdom and understanding to operate in this place that you have set me in so I can be the best person that I can be. And Jesus was like, what? We're going to give you some money too then. Okay, so 1 Chronicles 28, 9. Solomon, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately, not casually, intimately. The reason why many people can't hear from God is because they have a casual relationship with God. Many people say, oh, I love God. No, a lot of people like God. Some people even tolerate God because they want to get into heaven. But it's not a lot of people that actually love God. Because when you love someone, you are willing to do anything for them. And Jesus says, only those who keep my commandments love me. I mean, no, we're good for lip service. We've all done it. Go ahead and lift your hands. It's okay. The Lord already knows the truth anyway. I'm going to do the right thing, Lord. Some of them toilet seat prayers when your stomach was upset. Some of them jail prayers. Some of those prayers when the police pulled you over. Jesus, if you're just getting me out of this one, I'll be your international evangelist to Tibet and all of Africa and Asia. I'll travel and fly to friendly skies for you, Holy Ghost. Get you out you smoking weed the next day. The Lord ain't paying no attention to us. <laughs> I'm telling you, the Lord, you know what? The Lord pays attention to us, but half the time he's not paying attention to us because he knows a lot of times we're just talking. I mean, you know, we'll be honest, we just talking sometimes. But that's about to change this year. It's time for us to just stop talking. It's time for us to talk the talk that brings about stuff that, so that we can walk the walk. Solomon, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately, not casually. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. It did not say that he would leave you. It says that if you leave him. Psalm 105. Search for the Lord. Psalm 105.4. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. Continually seek him. You know, the Lord gave me a glimpse of something. Um, excuse me. Why I keep putting this top back on is beyond me. When it means to continually seek, it's a lifestyle. You know, it's not checking in with God every once in a while, it's not, you know, every few weeks coming to the house of God, it's not, you know, I'm going to read my Bible. Sometimes when I get to it, it means to continually seek, continually. And you know what's interesting is the Bible makes it clear that we are on a long journey called a marathon. The Bible calls it a race. And the reason why it's called a race, even though it's a marathon, it's still called a race because there are certain things that you are competing with to get to the end of that race. Certain things you are competing with to get that prize. One of the things that I have always noticed is that Uh, If I have someone pick me up, many of you have experienced this, if I have someone pick me up and they are driving me someplace and they don't know the destination, I've noticed that uh, they'll keep checking in with me. Am I still going the right way? You know, I mean, another mile will pass. Okay, do I need to turn soon? And you can tell them, you know, no, it's going to it's still going to be a few miles, you know, And, and after they're nervous, though. Because, you know, and, and so even if they haven't asked you the question, on the inside, they're still wondering and checking, am I going in the right direction? And you know what I'm saying? And so that's what it means to continually seek. It means in your everyday lifestyle to always be Lord. Is this the right path to the right place? Like I like I said a couple of weeks ago, your mind is too poor to be followed. And, and, and how many, you know, see, let me tell you why it's so important, why you need to continually seek the Lord, is that. Is is that you don't know the end of the good road that you're on right now. You don't know what's on the end of that right road right now. Right now, you have made decisions based on your intellect and based on your common sense. And the reason why your mind cannot be trusted is you made that decision based on what's going on today. But God will give you direction based on what's going on tomorrow. You have to continually seek the Lord, continually seek the Lord. And the other thing is, based on that scripture, God told you to continually seek him. And so as a result of that, he will only reveal things to you on a regular basis if you are continually seeking him on a regular basis. And this is the reason. And always remember this, you all. And that's why the Lord will give you direction to do something strange while everything is good. You'll get a promotion and God will say, "Nope, leave." Somebody will bless you with something and God said, give it back. Something that happened really, really, an open door will come and the Lord will say, don't walk through that door. But everything is flawless. That book that I told you all to get, I'm going to put that up. We'll put it up sometime during this message. Um, I, Man, I read something that the Post said that, that there was an open door in a particular region of a country. And it said that he started opening up all of these satellite churches, opening up all these satellite churches. And he said, and then after a couple of years, he said, all of this craziness start happening with all of the satellite churches all the craziness so he went to the Lord and he said Lord what is going on he said simple I'm not with you he said you came up with that idea because it was an open door you assumed you were supposed to walk through it and this is the deep part one of the satellite churches had got to 2,000 members and it was something like something like it was something like 15 satellite churches and they were all growing. And you what supposed to say when the Lord told him that, he said, this cracked me up. He said he got one of his guys and they went and got a truck and they went to every location and grabbed every podium out of the building. Closed. But it's 2,000. Closed. The one he closed that had 2,000. After he closed it, it opened back up with another individual and got to 20,000. Because your mind is too poor to be followed. So the Lord will tell you stuff See, y'all, the Lord is not interested in it going south and then, oh, no, the Lord, and see, how many know, it's hard to leave something as good, because it's good. It's easy to leave something bad, but see, God is not interested in you leaving it while it's bad. He's interested in you going from good to good, glory to glory, increase more and more, light to more light. So that's why that series is going to, that, that series is going to blow your every. Day, the Lord is giving me stuff. Okay. So that's very important. Seek the Lord and seek Him continually. And always remember no matter what you come up with, God always has a better way. He always has a better way. When it comes to buying a house, a car, getting out of debt. Regardless to what it, God always has a better way. If you come up with a business plan, God always has a better way. Your education disqualifies you for the things of God. Because God already said that the wisdom of this world is foolishness to him. So if all of the education and wisdom of this world is foolish to him, why would he respect your idea? Like he doesn't know what he's doing. Well, you know, Lord, I got my doctorate. Wonderful. You're still in poverty land. The more education you get, the more you mess yourself up in the kingdom because you begin to trust and how long you went to school. Man, I went to school for eight years, man. I'm about to use my brain power for something. Yeah, you might want to use your brain power for the Jesus. First Corinthians 2, 9 through 10. That is what the scripture means when they say no, eye has seen no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those that love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit, for his spirit searches everything out and shows us God's deep secrets. So no matter what way you have come up with, there's a deeper way, okay? Whatever, no matter how fast of a process you have created, there's a faster process. And sometimes y'all, the Lord, the Lord can give you, the Lord share something with me. I mean, I shouldn't say something. I read something here, and that, that's going to save me years of headache. Years of headache. So I'll get there in a moment. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Jesus said, come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. But I got an education. Let me teach you. But my supervisor said, let me teach you. But I went to school for five years to learn how to work on cars. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and the burden that I give you is light. So no matter what you come up with, what I have is going to be much lighter than what you came up with. But the problem is you got to know how to tune into that voice over time. It's not just one time sitting. You have to work yourself. The Bible says that the kingdom of God has come, and Jesus said men are now pressing into it. You've got to press your way into it, fasting and prayer and dedication. You dedicate yourself to go to a raggedy school and sitting in class for eight hours learning, learning useless information. But then when it comes to sitting before God for two hours, all of a sudden, oh, that's extreme. What's more extreme to sit before the face of somebody who said they would tell you everything because they know everything or to go to an educational system to get an education on stuff that you usually don't end up using in life. Then you get a degree and don't even go into that field. And if you go into that field, they then hold you down in that field. Mm, That's just me. You are in need because you do not know what you need to have your needs met. So you got to create a lifestyle of seeking him. Okay. So with that, I just want to give you some, some uh, um, this is just like a little preliminary teaching. Before we jump in next two weekends from now, just to give you, just in these last few minutes, how many of you would like to know, you know, god does things in exact order he is not crazy he is not hard to understand he will show you the things that you should do in order for you to tune into that frequency i got some stuff i'm trying to accomplish okay so first thing is that you want to make sure is sin isaiah 59 1-2 that will create a great blockade we're not talking about because you made a mistake you know, you fell into something. And you came back out. That's not prevent God from speaking for you for a long time. We're talking about you are ingrained in sin, living in sin. You know it, and you have not come out. There are some. If you're not careful, you will go and live in sin so long you will forget you living in sin. Listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is His ear too deaf to hear you call. It is your sins, your sins that cut you off from God. I don't like. I ain't do nothing. He said, because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen. So, so, so it's not that he hears you and ignores you. He won't even listen to what you have to say. Okay. So that's one category. Next one is pride. Zechariah 713. Since they refuse to listen when I call to them, I would not listen when they called to me, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Okay. So that's pride. God, remember the statement, God does not waste time leading or speaking to people who don't receive correction. Many people do not hear the Lord's voice because they refuse to receive correction about this over here. Lord, I need you to speak to me about this right here. And then he says, well, I would speak to you this right here if you would listen to me about that over there. And, and that's the reason why any of you ever ask God for an answer and ask God to give you direction about something. And and, and when the answer came, it had nothing to do with that situation. You're like, and your mind was like, "What that got to do with what I'm asking for? God said everything. If you listen to me over there, then I'll listen to you over here. And seventy five percent of God speaking comes in the form of correction. Seventy five percent. I'll prove that in a couple of weeks. Seventy five percent is in correction, not your definition of correction correction see and correction from god means adjust so you can go faster stop so i can bless you faster okay get away from this individual they're gonna slow you down and mess you up okay so when 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 we when when i was headed to this building i was headed to this building seven years ago for doing services on sunday about a quarter mile before i pulled up the holy spirit said saturdays that was a correction see now was it a correction so because the lord you know is you know what i'm saying a lot of people think that we open because of the sabbath you know being on a saturday that ain't got nothing to do with anything if that's what you want to roll then that's fine i mean every day is the same to god you know you worship on saturday sunday it's a mexican church they worship every single day five services a day i think and so, so, but no, so people ask me all the time, man, how do you get your Saturday work? Because most people do a Saturday service, nobody shows up. They didn't show up because the Lord didn't tell you to do Saturdays. If I had opened over here on Sunday, uh, none of you would be here. And the ones, if you would have come, you would have left. Always remember, wherever God sends you, that's where the funnel is out. Wherever God sends you, and this is real important when it comes to a church, because I got put in check. Thank God I started out right, but I could have ended up wrong. I don't think I would have because y'all pray too much, y'all. y'all, The prayers keep me online. i will be getting ready to do something, and something just smacked me across the head. And right, that's the prayers of the saints. They have three o'clock in the morning, Jesus. Okay? But something in that book, this is just one line. That's why I want you to get that book. In the book, Bishop Oudipo said, pastors, he said, do not look for a church building based on pride. Most pastors are always looking for church buildings based on how good it looks. And he said, never. He said, Lord had him in some raggedy places. He said, never look for a church building based on pride because you are not the one who owns the ministry. God does. So he doesn't have a problem with the way the building looks because if you have church in the alley and that's where God told you to be, his presence will draw the people to the alley. You, you understand what I'm saying? And so that's the reason why you have beautiful fancy buildings and people leave them all the time and you got churches sitting on the cut stand and they had three full services because wherever god is you know what's interesting about david um when it came to david david told the lord he said man i want to build you a house and the lord said when have you ever known me and want to be inside of a house he said i like tents because they move from place to place (laughs) but tents are raggedy compared to a great big old palace see and so so you have to be very it's little things like that that you got to learn that we'll be teaching you and these things they can mess you up forever because if you go to a place that god is not he is not there so unfortunately now you are left to build the business on your own strength and build the ministry on your own power and the crazy thing is you can build a ministry on your own power you can build anything but it'll come with a whole bunch of drama when it's too late, then the problem showing up. Because you did not allow the Lord to build it when the gates of hell show up. You are not left to your own strength and not the Lord's backing. And then the people suffer as a result of it. Okay. All right, that was just a last side note. When the Lord told me to shut the ministry down, I almost opened up this church in a different name. It was called Next Level Church. Some of y'all remember that. Well, no, you don't remember that. You remember me telling you that. Got ready to open up a church called the Next Level, but it was Satan. And so when the lord told me to shut it down it was because he didn't want me to go to church it was because he was correcting me when the lord told me to not look for a house the house we were renting in austale the owner decided to sell it we were going to start looking for a house immediately see that mode i was getting ready to do something immediately and the lord came and corrected me no don't look for a house for a whole year and because i obeyed that we didn't even look okay I wasn't even looking at houses, didn't visit one for a whole year. And now the spot that we are in, that was a spot that was handcrafted for me because the entire neighborhood was built. Families in every single house, we roll up to this one spot and there's nothing with dirt. For some strange, mysterious reason, they did not even start building a house on this one spot. And the whole neighborhood, it stood there with just dirt. The neighbor to my left and to my right had been there for seven years in the best spot in the neighborhood. Some I've been in my house in like a little small park across the street. That is a wonderful spot. I asked God for a cul-de-sac. He gave me something bigger. So whenever whenever the Lord, see y'all gotta, you if you don't know how to trust the Lord and, and you get over into where well, too much time has passed, it's cause he's working on something that when you get it, it's gonna seem like a dream versus you create your own dream and then it becomes a nightmare. When the Lord spoke to me about my wife not seeing something that was years ago. I kept having a problem with my wife doing something. I was getting upset. Why does she keep doing this? Keep doing this? I will never forget this. Okay? I was on the kitchen counter and the Lord showed me something. And this is what he when he showed me, he said, "I'm correcting you because she does not see what you see." Okay? When the Lord corrected me and told years I'll never forget this. I remember where I was. Let me tell you something. The Bible says that the Lord's voice is majestic. It splits rocks. And so, um, let me say this. Any how many of you know that in the course of your life, someone has said something to you and it was with such force, you can, you can still feel the emotion of that. When God really speaks to you, his voice is so strong, it leaves a permanent print on your soul. And so everything that the Lord has spoken to me about in the past, it's like, it's like it was just a moment ago when the Lord spoke to me in the shower and told me to move to Atlanta. It's like he just spoke that just a moment ago. I was out there in a sea of people. You know, a million people, downtown Detroit, it was at a, some uh, African festival with fireworks and all that type of stuff. It's a million people, and all Africans playing all that loud. You know, the people over in, uh, in Africa and in Jamaica, they, they like speakers. You know, they like that loud music, and she knows she's from Zimbabwe. Man, they like it loud. They like it loud. Ear piercing. Man, all them guys that are playing all of that music, it's a million people down there, and I'm walking around with my kids, and, and didn't know I had walked away from my youngest daughter, my, one of my daughters named Sophia. And in the midst of all of that noise, I heard a voice, where's Sophia? And that was years ago. And yet, it's like it's it's a permanent print. And so, and because when the Lord speaks, that's why you got to see the Lord. When the Lord speaks and give you direction, that voice is so strong, it pushes you past any obstruction. Because no matter what comes, the voice that he gave you and the command that he gave you is stronger than the opposition. And if a million people come against you, if they call you a fool like they did for starting church on Saturdays, you didn't even hear what they said because the world let's have a permanent, man. That's why the devil does not like for you to seek the Lord. Because he knows that if you seek the Lord and you do it faithfully and consistently and diligently, and you do it continually, when the Lord speaks, Satan will never be able to stop you from doing anything. If he tell you to make your own rocket ship and fly to the moon, man, NASA nice be out there. What are you doing building a rocket ship about to go to the moon? Because when the Lord speaks, it says his voice splits rocks. I mean, the Bible says the whole planet just fled from his face. What flies away when he speaks? And to have that voice speak Speak to you and give you direction in a thing. When that thing comes, and I didn't even plan on going this, but this is for somebody. When that word comes, man, it drives away all fear. It drives away all intellect. It drives away all common sense. You don't care what your mama said and your grandmama who had coffee with Jesus every single morning. It doesn't matter what the educational system said, the government said, the president said, your teacher said, your neighbor said. It doesn't matter what anybody says because the voice, it was a whisper and it was still but it was strong it's a still voice but it's more powerful than an earthquake and when it speaks, it steals everything around you it makes all they're still talking but the voice is so strong that it just makes everything go dead and you couldn't listen to them if you wanted to that's what is the power behind seeking the Lord you know Uncle Joe says something I never got he said see the difference between you and your American pastors he said the the Lord takes too long for y'all he said me he said I stay there He said, because when the Lord speaks, he said, you can carry that word for the rest of your life. And put up this graphic. You must hear him before he will hear you. You must obey his word before you can hear his voice. And you must follow his instructions first before he gives you directions. I'll leave that up there for a second. You must hear him first before he will hear you. You can come on up. Wife is seat up here for you if you come in. The queen is in the house. You must hear him first before he will hear you. You must obey his word before you can hear his voice, and you must follow his instructions before he will give you directions. So the first part is in the word, and the second second part is in his voice. Next one, almost done here, I think. God rarely answers you the exact moment you want him to answer. That'll mess you up. Now, I did a teaching about how the Lord does things on the third day. He will do things after three days, okay? But there are things that he will do, and you can miss it if you're not careful. 1 Samuel 13, 5 through 13. The Philistines mustered a mighty army of 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and as many warriors as the grains of sand on the seashore. They camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. The men of Israel saw what a tight spot they were in, and because they were hard-pressed by the enemy, they tried to hide in caves, thickets, rocks, holes, and cisterns. Is that scripture behind me? Some of them crossed the Jordan River and escaped into the land of Gad and Gilead. Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days. That's that number seven again. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier, as Samuel had instructed him earlier, but Samuel still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. He looking at in circumstances again. So he demanded, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. Now he's doing something illegal. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself instead of waiting on the prophet. And just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, then Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet him and welcome him, but Samuel said, what have you done? Saul replied, well, I saw men scattering for me, looking at circumstances, and you didn't arrive exactly when you said you would, and the Philistines are at McMash ready for battle. They're not even fighting yet, but they're ready. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us, and I haven't even asked for the Lord's help, so I felt compelled, there go your feelings again, I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. How foolish, Samuel said, you have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. The prophet told him, wait for me for seven days. When the seventh day got there, okay, because the prophet wasn't there in the early morning or the afternoon, he said it looks like he's not coming. So what he did was, he said, you know what? Well, it doesn't look like, y'all, how many know, there's a coin that the old folks are, he may not come when you want to, but he's always right on top. And They get to shaking their head. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See, they knew what they were talking about. They knew it, but didn't quite know how to explain it. So they came up with those phrases that you can still carry with you today. But he got impatient because at the end, God said he will speak. You got to be very careful how you carry yourself by the time you get to next weekend. You got to be very careful, you even got to be careful with what your pastor said. Yeah, I told you, you can end it on Saturday, but you better check with the Holy Spirit and see if that word is directly for you. Because the Lord may speak on Sunday, he may speak next week, he may speak next month. Watch this, he may not speak at all, some things might just happen. You have to be very, very careful, and you have to wait. See, what happens is, is that we seek the Lord about things, and then when he has not answered us in the time frame that we think is normal, we then jump out there and say, well, it's is that the Lord is not working today. He's on vacation. I guess I better go ahead. And Satan will be talking to you, talking to you, talking to you. And next thing you know, you have jumped out there and opened up amusement park all by yourself. The Lord told you to open up a hospital. Okay, and, 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 you know, because let me say something, It's very important. When God gives you the first instruction, now seeking him for the, de- now start seeking for the details. So what happens is the Lord will tell you something, do this, and you'll jump into it. It says, seek him continually. He will give you the name of the business. That doesn't mean start the business. When do I start the business? How do I start the business? God will give you the details. That's one message I'm going to preach during that series is the details, how God is intimately giving you the details. Open up a hospital and you the first one in it. Next one. The answer may not be what you expect. Some answers are revelations about things you need to change in order to position yourself for other answers. So during this three-day fast, some of us are in holes deeper than we think. Some of us want things that we think we're ready for, and the Lord knows you're not ready for. Some of us, we want things, and we want direction, but God is like, I got to deal with your character first. You got to adjust this over here. You're not doing this over there. And so during this three-day fast, y'all remember that movie? Any of you seen the movie with Nicolas Cage called National Treasure? Okay? You ever know? In the movie, well, he was diligently seeking, 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 seeking. But because he was seeking, he didn't get the answer immediately as he was seeking he got one clue and that one clue was for the purpose of leading him to the next clue and that clue was for the purpose of leading him to the next clue so when you do this three-day fast after the three-day fast you should still be seeking the Lord on a regular basis because he'll give you one part and that part is the key to obtaining the next part because a bunch of parts to get you to your destination So some of the answers are revelations about things you need to change in order to position yourself other answer, for other answers. Some answers come in the form of you joining a new church. I'm saying that because I have a huge online audience, okay? So, <laughs> I just realized, Nicole's testimony. Nicole and Jesse, they were the, f- I always get confused as if you or Antoinette. Y'all both showed up around the same time. Anyway, Nicole and Antoinette, they were like the first people to join our church seven years ago. And I think Anita. But, but watch what happened. Nicole, she was at a previous church. And he, did you, you didn't even pray in tongues at the end, did you? Okay. And so, but she did a 40-day fast. She did a 42-day fast. Was it all no food or a partial? Okay, it was partial. Anyway, she fasted. Put it this way. She did a 42-day fast. And at the end of it, somebody told her about this church. See, so the fast produced a little small thing of somebody inviting you to the church. But that small thing was going to change her entire destiny per time. She's doing stuff now she probably never even thought she would ever be able to do. You know what I'm saying? See, and so that's what I mean by the, the, the if you miss it, these are clues. These are things that happen and God knows how to make it happen. This is good. I'm enjoying listening to myself. (laughs) Y'all remember the book that I told you all to order? And I'm gonna put it up in just a moment. Um, that book for me was a major piece of the puzzle for my future for the next few years. Now, when I went to Nigeria, I don't know if I told you all this. When I went to Nigeria, the crew that I was with was interested in eating, trying out all the different type of food. Hey man, I didn't fly all the way over here to taste y'all beef. Okay, So when I was over there, I was fasting. Okay, Some days I fasted more than others. Sometimes I didn't eat any food, but I was fasting. So it is not a mysterious thing that in the pastor session, when I'm sitting right there on the corner, Bishop Oedipal walks right up to me and he looks at me and tells the story of how, when his ministry first started, how um, he got ready to make a major decision that would have shipwrecked the ministry. And he said, at the last moment, the uh, Lord rescued me. And he said, it was not the voice of the Lord. He's looking at me, sharing the story. And when he's telling me the story, as he's telling it, I realized beyond a shadow of a doubt that that story was exactly for me because that's the exact same thing happened at the beginning of of our ministry. The exact same thing, some of y'all remember that. Well, y'all weren't here, but y'all remember me telling y'all that. And so when he shares that story, and this is right before he closes, this is the last statement he made right before he closed. He comes off the thing again. You know, he walks on the floor. I'm going to start doing that more. It's something deeper about walking on the floor. You know, I don't, I don't know what. It seems like you're deeper. I don't know. Okay, he walk right up. He tells the story, and my eyes are just glossing over because I'm realizing that the same way his ministry started is the same way that this one started. And then he says, it's in the book that I told you about. That book. See, so, so the fast didn't bring about some great explosion. Jesus appearing to me on a white stallion over in Nigeria on the grass fields, bought a statue of an eagle. that this beautiful statue of an eagle that the people stand around and they pray. He didn't do none of that. I didn't have no glorious visions from on high and thirty thousand angels coming and singing to me. Oh, he's in Nigeria. None of that. A book. Because I was fasting, the Lord respected that. Give him another peace. And that peace is going to explode over time. This is what fasting and prayer does. It doesn't always produce Jesus walking in your living room with a cane made out of gold. Bing! I knight thee by the Holy Ghost. You shall walk in power now. Walk in that. It's not how it's going to happen, folk. Now, some folk will have those type of experiences. And so you can, if, because y'all... God said, "My ways are not your ways; my thoughts are not yours." God does things normal, but we call it strange and mysterious. And y'all, those type of things are for you all. There's a major part, you know. There's some because uh, never mind. Okay, so yes, so y'all got that. So be sensitive because there're going to be little things that will happen. The Lord might say something. That, watch this. During this fast, guess what? The only thing that may happen to you is the Holy Spirit reveal revealed to you that you stop reading your Bible. And guess what? You did, how many know you have stopped reading your Bible and you didn't even know that? It's crazy. You can be working out four or five days a week and then you just stop working out. And now months have gone by and you don't even realize you stopped working out. It's amazing what we can be blinded to. So if the Holy Spirit, all he does with you is tell you, you need to reconnect with reading the Bible. Guess what? That is the key to opening up to other pieces. I had a young lady called me from out of town. She called me. She's very much in the health and fitness. I mean, she's very, ex- not extreme in a negative way, but, but she texted me two or three days ago. She said, I did not, she's fasting. She says, I did not know that I had made exercise a God in my life. But the fast brought out. How many you know exercise is good? I know some of y'all think it was made by Satan and Lucifer, but exercise is an excellent thing. There's nothing wrong with you working out a lot and being fitness and being a beast. And I like cycling. I can cycle 30 miles, you know, like that. It's no big deal. You know, some of you love to run, like Renee. She loves to run and do marathons. There's nothing wrong with that. But how many of you know anything in your life can, that is good can become a God? Last one. I'm good, boy. I'm getting better and better. I didn't mean it that way. That sounded a little. (laughs) Uh, So let me, I I feel like it's a little. So so just, y'all, next week, go to God with your questions. If every question is not answered seemingly by the end of the next week, guess what you should continue doing the next week? Continually seek the Lord. Y'all, it is a very, very powerful thing. To seek the Lord every day over the same question—that is a very powerful thing. And remember, remember what uh, the unjust judge and, and the widow woman—he he wouldn't, he wouldn't let it go. And she came back, wham, 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 and she wouldn't let it go. And so it's a powerful thing. And so there, there are many different reasons why you have not heard or God has not spoken. Many different reasons. Sometimes you have to be built up. I don't know all the different reasons. All I know is this. That if you will stay there day in, day out, eventually the answer and the revelation and the direction will come. And when it comes, it'll be worth it, even if you have to seek the Lord for 30 years. Last one is, I think I'm going to shut it down here, is quit thinking God is not going to bless you, speak to you, or direct you because you ate a piece of chicken one time during the fast. I talked about that a little bit in the beginning, you know, but y'all, you know, God is only looking for a reason to bless you. He just needs your cooperation. God is never, ever, it never crosses God's mind one single time in eternity a reason to hurt you, a reason to make you go down, a reason to punish you. You know, we make these foolish decisions. We walk away from God. We end up getting into trouble and living a life of sin. We are the ones that do that. God did not push into it up. We are the ones that did that. So I just want to put into your head the proper perspective of concerning, you know, because I've had to mention, minister to a few people um, along this line. Number one, God is love. First John 4, 16. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. See, most people have put their trust in their behavior. Well, if I've been doing real good for a while, God loves me. But I've I'm, been I'm messing up this week. I ain't been taking care of my wife. I ain't been taking care of my husband. I didn't clean the house. Whatever it is. I've been driving over the speed limit. Y'all, there's some God, stuff that the God ain't paying attention to. How many of you know God ain't in no speed limits? Nah, okay. Nah, I will forget one. Nah. nah, nah. nah. Well, God is... We create this thing. Remember what Jesus said? He said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and render unto God, which is God's. Okay, now, y'all came up with that old thing, drive 55, bring it back alive, and the speed limits all the time. But I remember one time when I was single, I had to go out to some place for my job. I used to have a Porsche. And, you know, when you're young and dumb, you do stupid stuff. Like, well, I shouldn't say that, old and dumb. It doesn't matter how old people are, just dumb. Okay? And so what I would do is I would wait for traffic to clear, <laughs> and I would I would crank the car all the way up to about 130. And, and then what I would do is, because those are very powerful cars, they're meant to be driven like that. And so and I would run up on the car in front of me and then just break at the last minute. You know, and they would be so scared. Don't, I don't Garland, don't try to justify it. I was just being stupid. I just said, young and dumb, old and dumb, all that type of dumb. Oh, he got a sports car. Don't let me see you doing it, brother. <laughs> Garnett, well, Garnett blew past me a couple of times on the freeway, too, praying in tongues. And he was driving. <laughs> it's like, look at this, brother. Go, Mighty Mouse. <laughs> okay. And so, and so, so when that car would move out of the way, you know, and many times they would move out of the way when they saw me coming. It's nothing like seeing the car coming behind you at one hundred and thirty miles an hour. Okay. And so, and they would move out the way, and I cranked that sucker right back up. Gone. Boom. One hundred and thirty miles an hour. To do it. I did this several times, until I heard a voice from heaven, and this is all it said: "That's enough." I heard that voice, man. Man, I kept that sucker on 55. I was in a 70, and I was doing 55. I drove right all the way home. Man, that voice put me in check. The Lord was like, you about to kill yourself. My angels ain't got time to sitting up here worried about your little Porsche. Drive the speed limit. I mean, y'all. <sighs> I got stories like that for days. I mean, I mean, I never will forget that, just like it just happened yesterday. I mean, it was almost like he shot, it was almost like he wrapped up his voice in an arrow and shot it right through the roof of my car. That thing scared me. He was making me reap what I sold in the lives of other people, wasn't he? That's probably how those people were feeling when they saw me coming up behind them doing 130. It let me feel that. Man, I never did that again. I've been pretty much doing right ever since. Except for when I was driving that Ferrari. We got that one up to 165. But I was on a two-lane highway with no cars. I was still out of order but at least it wasn't in the cars how you know I need to get it back <laughs> God is love he does not operate in love he is love because he is love he cannot do anything but love you it is impossible for God to change his feelings about you whether you are perfect or whether you are dead wrong because he is love okay OK, we we're children of love, but we're not fully developed because we don't have a we don't, see we have a spirit of love, but not a body and mind of love. So it can be difficult for us to operate at that level. But but <laughs> she said that's so true. OK, but God is love. His pure DNA is love. He does not have the ability to do anything except love you. His love for you is not based on what you do. His love for you is based on who you are. And so that's why anybody that ends up not receiving the blessings of the Lord is because they walked away from him, not because he walked away from them. Number two, God is good. Romans two, four through five. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant and patient God is with you? Everybody says amen to that. Let me tell you something. I've been looking at my life and I've been almost I mean, I've been. The grace of God that has been extended towards me just in the last seven years because I'm looking at my shortcomings and my failures and my mistakes and what I didn't do and, and when I look at how God has covered me it has been almost depressing I, I, that's the only way to explain it can almost be depressing to see how much God covers us when we don't do the right thing it can almost be like how in the world could you it's just beyond but don't you see how wonderfully kind tolerant and patient God is with you does this mean nothing to you can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? See, that's why the Bible says the goodness of God causes men to change. But because you are stubborn and refuse to turn from your sin, you are storing up terrible punishment for yourself. For a day of anger is coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. Okay? But, but, but it's the goodness of God that causes people to change. You know, when it comes to trying to get believers to come to Christ, the last thing you should bring up is their lifestyle. You know you're going to hell. Yeah, they they pretty much know that. It's not really something you have to go to school for. You don't need a prophet to tell you that. You ain't got a written Bible. You know, how many of you know when you're out there, you pretty much know, yeah, something happened to me. You didn't care at the moment. You were hoping that God covered you, which he did. That's an amazing thing, okay? You were in sin. God covered you as though you were out until you came out. So God is good. Remember that. God is love. God is good. Ephesians 2 4. God is rich in mercy. But God is so rich in mercy. And He loved us so much. God so loved. He didn't just love. He so. When you see that term like that, it means it's over into the exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think around. Okay? And so He's, how many know somebody that's rich, they got money to spare. Now, that's another thing when you say a man is rich. When God says he is rich, No, no, you can't calculate this right here. You, God said, I am rich in mercy. My best messages have been the ones that I did not prepare for. You know, I don't care. You know, when it comes to transparency, I mean, man, y'all be sitting up here worshiping the Lord and everything. Y'all going in thanking the Lord. Y'all on the altar, y'all running back and forth. Thank you, Jesus, I got the joy of the Lord. I'm sitting right there with my hands lifted. Y'all think I'm worshiping. I'm like, Lord, your humble servant has come before you one more again. I have messed up greatly. I did not spend time in the Word. I didn't pray. I put the message together in the car on the way here. (laughs) Lord, I just beg of you, Jesus, to give me grace. And because he is rich in mercy, Jesus pulls out that golden wand. Bing! I knight thee! And y'all be like, oh my God, he must have prayed in tongues for 40 days! Nope. because God is rich in mercy I mean, the Lord wanted you to know this so that you quit listening to the devil when you mess up thinking that God puts your life on Paul's is God told Abraham leave all your family members first thing he did is take a line, took a line. and the Lord kept on blessing the man while he was in obedience I mean while he was in disobedience and going to other cities and lying the man lied. Tell them, you're my sister. King brought the woman in the house. The Lord said, I'm going to kill you. So he gave his woman back. And it said right after that, the man, it said the man left. And he was uh, rich with a bunch of gold, a bunch of silver, and a bunch of cattle. The Lord was still blessing the man while he was being disobedient. Because you know why? You want to know why the Lord does that? It's because, see, you see the moment. God sees the process. You see the day. God sees tomorrow. So the reason why the Lord will be blessing you sometimes in disobedience and when you make mistakes is because he knows that you're going to come out of that. It took me a long time to get a hold of that. God is quick to forgive. All right, we're almost done. One John nine. if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from how much? all wickedness. The key I want you to see is not even the sins and the cleansing part. What I want you to see is the faithful and just. If, if you mess up and God doesn't forgive you, he considers himself unfaithful. If he holds something against you, he considers himself unjust. That's why he said, I'm faithful and just to cleanse you and forgive you. John 8, 4 through 11. This is the woman in adultery. Teacher, they said to Jesus, the woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her, what do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, we got a stoner, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first rock. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. Everybody been trying to figure out what he was writing in the sand. I don't care what he was writing in the sand. Can we focus on the fact that he forgave the woman? They're trying to figure out what he was writing in the dust for. Read the whole Bible. How about you read the Bible instead of word about what? Never mind. Let me just keep on going back there. People want to argue over everything nowadays. So I say most of the stuff on social media is showing off or going off. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one because all of them had had many sins too, beginning with the oldest because he had the most. He had been around for a long time. He had been sinning for quite a few years until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord. And Jesus said, well, neither do I. Just don't do it again. Now, you see how simple it is? See? Now, now you worried about God because you had some potato chips. Oh, Jesus, he didn't left me alone. Oh, 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 man, I got mad and stuck up my middle finger at the person as they drove past me. Oh, I guess my blessings are held up. This woman committed adultery. And watch this and when the other man tried to condemn her jesus did a tricky question to get her out the situation then said i'm perfect but i don't condemn you just stop don't do it again didn't walk off she didn't need no counseling she didn't need to sit on the front row of the church she needed to be oh something the lord taught me years ago anybody that mess up you do not sit them down unless they continue to sin You know why? Because if somebody messes up big time and then you set them down, you have given them the impression that God has not forgiven them. So now you are holding something over that individual that God himself is not holding. He said, if you confess it, I will forgive you and cleanse you. So if I forgave you and cleanse you, who are you as a man to penalize them? Oh, I forgot, you building your ministry. And when you're building your brand and your ministry, you're concerned about how folk make you look. Matthew 26, Peter denied Jesus. Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A maid came up to him and said, hey, you were also with Jesus, the Galilean, but he denied it falsely before them all, saying, I don't know what you're talking about. This is the man that Jesus hand-trained and walked on the water for three years. But he denied it falsely before them all, saying, I don't know what you mean. And when he had gone out to the porch, another woman saw him. She said to the bystanders, this fellow was with Jesus, the Nazarene. And again, he denied it and disowned him with an oath. So this time, he like, man, I swear on my mama's grave, I don't know who Jesus is. I don't know this man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said, Peter, you certainly are one of them too. Well, even your accent is betraying you. Then Peter began to invoke a curse on himself and cuss. So the man is cussing and said, "Look, if I'm lying, let lightning strike me down." You blankety blankety blanky. I told y'all. I don't know this man. And at that moment, a rooster crowed. You are the <laughs> i couldn't help it that was probably lame and my kids gonna talk to me but i just couldn't help me <laughs> i have no idea what the rooster had to do with anything peter remembered jesus words when he had said look man before a single rooster crows you will deny and on me three times and he went outside and wept bitterly. this is the deep part jesus already knows what you're gonna mess up and has forgiven you before you messed up so when you mess up will you p- let's finish it john 21 3-17 through simon peter said since he messed up, I'm going back to my old lifestyle. I'm going fishing. So since I messed up, you know what? This ain't worth keep on going. I really can't do this. I might as well go back to my other lifestyle. We'll come too, because when you go out, other folk go out. When you come in, other folk come in. So they went out in the boat, but went back to the same old lifestyle, nothing. They didn't catch anything. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was, and they called He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No. Then he said, throw out your net on the right hand of the boat, because my results are different, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord. He put on his tunic where he had stripped from work. I don't know what the man was doing, working on the fishing boat naked. I don't know what that was about. Then he jumped into the water. It's some off-the-chain stuff in the Bible, y'all. He headed to shore, for they were only about 100 yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. I'm going to keep on... Oh, y'all, whatever. Y'all are a trip. What's interesting here is that uh, Jesus... Hold on a second, I need to read something, (laughs) y'all. That's deep. Let's keep on reading. What I saw, I didn't see before, what I saw is Jesus asked them, did they have any fish? They said no. He said, throw your stuff on the right side of the ship. The next scripture said that it was so much they couldn't bring it to shore. But when Peter got to shore, Jesus had already made the fish. Hmm? The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to shore, for they were about 100 yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting on them. Fish cooking over charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you have just caught, Jesus said. (laughs) So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to shore. There were 150 large fish, 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast. Jesus said, none of the, I'm sorry, none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter. Now, this is the one who Jesus hand trained for three years. This is the one who denied the individual that trained him. This is the one who said, "On oh, my mama's grave. This is the one who said, let lightning strike me down if I'm lying. <laughs> and cussed folk out while he was doing it. And Jesus didn't bring up none of that. He asked him one question. Simon of John, do you love me more than these? Watch this. What was these? The fish represented his old lifestyle. Do you love me more than the thing that you used to do before I called you out of it? Yes, Lord. You know I love you. This also proves that there are many people that are disconnected from the house of God that still love the Lord. They have messed up and the devil has pushed them over into a corner. (laughs) He said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Jesus said a third time. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus had asked the question a third time. He said, Lord you know everything, you know that I love you. Jesus said, would you, would you get back to what you were doing before you messed up, walked away, see? So now the thing I want you to see, and I can keep on going, because I need to go ahead and end it here. You know, one of the craziest stories is David, King David, he was, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. The Bible says he was supposed to be out at war Because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He saw a beautiful woman that was bathing naked. She shouldn't have been bathing naked. She shouldn't have been on the rooftop bathing the house. There's a whole bunch of -of out-of-order stuff in the Bible. Take a bath on the inside. You're not supposed to be taking a bath on the outside. I don't care if you're on the rooftop. The eagles don't even need to see that. Okay? He saw her bathing naked. He said, this girl is fine. Brought her in, slept with her, got her pregnant. Then had her husband killed on purpose. Now, he paid a price for that because he lost his first child. But later on, God said about David, that's a man after my own heart. So how is it that David can commit adultery and murder someone? How is it this woman can operate in adultery? And Jesus just said, don't do it again and walked away. How is it that Peter can cuss folk? How many know if there's any sin that maybe you shouldn't be forgiven of, it's denying the Lord after he personally hand-trained you for three years? And you are gonna do this and cuss folk out and declaring all of these oaths? I mean, you didn't conjured up curses and witches and doctors, all of this. T- simply to say, I don't know this individual. I don't know him. Can you imagine being someplace, okay, and your spouse says, oh, I ain't with him. Man, you would be like, what? Oh, okay then. Since you ain't with me, I've been waiting to hear this for a long time. I shouldn't be playing like that. Okay? point that I'm making is, the point that I'm making is, <laughs> that, I'm making is, is that, you know, Jesus, that Jesus, Jesus didn't wait for the man to come back to him because I'm important and you're not. He went to him with one question, didn't bring up nothing about his mistakes. I told you you were going to do this. Why would you do something like that? OK, man, can't you see how terrible didn't even bring it up? Just ask one question. Do you love me more than the previous lifestyle you were in before I brought you out? Yeah. Well, how many you know sometimes there's nothing to be said, you know, you messed up so he said just get back to what you're doing okay so i wanted you to remember those things those are just a couple y'all the bible is full of god's mercy i mean how he is slow he says that he is quick to forgive he is slow to anger he is long-suffering he is kind he is tender-hearted loving kindness all of these things this is not what religious teaches you this is not what your family members teach you and this is not what preachers tell you but that's what god said okay So I said a lot to say, I kind of just kind of inoculated you and kind of gave you a force field and a mode of defense so that the enemy will not trick you out of something because you messed up. You know what I'm saying? And so if God forgave them just like that, bam. And the only thing that was ever said in one of those scenarios, look, stop. Okay, just move on, please. Righteous man falls seven times and gets back up where he fell down. You don't fall down here and get back up back there. Where you fell down is where you get up, keep it moving. This is not a contest to see how deep you can be. This is a process of developing power and building up your spirit, man, so you can get to close close to God and hear all of the answers that you need. So let's go ahead and stand. Thank you, Jesus. Ah. Thank you, O oh Lord God. The devil is very impatient. And God is very patient. The enemy wants you to pay. He's the one that pulls you into the sin. And then he's the one that condemns you. And makes you feel bad because of it. That's one thing with God. It's this is a wonderful chapter I won't read. It's a whole book in the Bible in the Old Testament. And it talked about how much... Uh, crazy the children of Israel about David it says they did this they did this they did this they did this and they would not listen to the Lord and then it said this but the Lord still had his hand stretched out still and then it goes on to the next verse and they did this and they did this and they wouldn't listen to the Lord and they disobeyed and they wouldn't do this and then it said but his hand was still stretched out still the whole chapter is it going through just how crazy and sinful and wicked and rebellious and impatient and unkind and disobedient these people and the Lord wanted you to show just, see, just how crazy acting these people were. But he also wanted you to show his character. That my hand was always still stretched out. Because you left. Not me. I'm still at the address. you the one who decided to take a trip. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands. Give God thanks and praise. You can go ahead and still as they're worshiping, you can go ahead and do that. Thank you. They're going to pass out communion as we're worshiping the Lord for a moment. Blessed be your holy.